Welcome to the beginning of 2019 and Ian Hates Conversations. My name is Ian and I wanted to start the year off right, so this is my conversation with legendary guitarist Doyle Wolfgang Von Frankenstein. His band Doyle is currently on a massive tour for their sophomore album Doyle 2, As We Die. Make sure you pick up a copy and go see Doyle on tour. This is a quicker interview, so let's begin right away. Here's my conversation with Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. Enjoy. And welcome to Ian Hates Conversations. I'm on the phone with legendary guitarist Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. Doyle, how are you doing today? doing great. How you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Now, I know that tonight you're going to be at Fate in Rhode Island, and tomorrow you're going to be in uh, Manchester. How's the tour been going for you? Uh, really good. It's, uh, it's a long one. Yeah, like 110 dates, I think? Uh, this leg is 75. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. But, I mean, you've been touring around like this for years and years, is there anything that, I mean, like when you do a tour like this, is there anything that stands out to you as something that you've had a lot of fun with? Uh, I got to see my girl twice. That that was about the highlight of this for me. Oh, very <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Does she ever come and actually get to see you play live? Yeah, she came out uh, around Thanksgiving and she just came out for Christmas. We went to see King Kong on, on Broadway, which was insane. Oh, very cool. All right. Now, yeah. yeah. And you don't get to do that often, unfortunately, right? Not on the road, no. You know, sometimes when she's on the road for a long time, I'll just, they allow me to go with her and uh, they, they give her the back lounge of the bus to stay in because she's a, a female. So I just get back there with her and, you know, I'll go for a month. Oh, know? wow. Okay. Now, when you guys get to hang out, what do you guys normally do? Uh, we work out, we eat, and uh, we write music, and we uh, we laugh. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, you did bring up something uh, that I was going to ask about for sure, and I know you've heard every question. I mean, you've been doing tons and tons of interviews, I know. But one thing that I always do find interesting is how well you keep in shape. I mean, I just saw, and it sounds weird to say it, but I just saw, you know, videos of recent shows and um, I've seen you do some interviews and you look like you're back in your 20s. How do you keep that up while you're touring? I'm sponsored by Power Block Dumbbell. They got an adjustable dumbbell set that goes from whichever one you order. You could order any size. It mm-hmm. sizes up to 175 pounds, you know, from two pounds to 175. And nice. I have uh, a sponsorship by a a protein company, a vegan protein company called Conscious Muscle okay. out of Florida, and they, they sponsor us. And I have a, a food company that sends us 21 vegan meals, microwavable, every Friday to the show. Very it's cool. called Trifecta. Wow. And I just, you know, the key is it's now magically unicorn crap. It's just consistency. I've been doing it for 44 straight years. Right. I should actually look like the Hulk. <laughs> and I think you are getting pretty close. So my question to you is, I mean, I'm not vegan. I work out a lot. And my question to you is, while you're on tour, 
are you doing a lot of like are you switching it up so that your body doesn't get used to the same thing like do you have exact plans of workouts that you do all the time i do a different body part every day okay so i I feel that by the time the next the same one rolls around i've had four days off so as far as switching it up i've never really done that okay you know, and my car- my cardio is the show, so yeah. I don't really need that. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. So when you're working those different body parts, you know, one per day, and then you do a show at night, is there any time that you ever kind of outdo yourself that you're like, wow, I really worked this one way too hard for what I'm doing tonight on the show? The one you have to be the most careful with is the pulling exercises and... um the thing is, one time I was playing in Vegas, and there was the rock wall mm-hmm. to climb that was motorized that moves, and it's just like a treadmill rock wall, and it does different angles, and you're like 45 degrees upside down, and this and that. Right. And I did it, and then my fingers didn't work because all your forearm muscles are your fingers. So right. my right. hands didn't work. I couldn't hold the pick. I couldn't hold the neck. Wow. So I, I just stick to, you know... I do the back day, which is the pulling exercises, and it's, um, yeah, I know how to do it now. It's not a big deal. So I just make sure I don't climb any rock walls. Right, right. And I would imagine that in most of the places that you're going, you're probably not running into that all the time. But that is really interesting. So did you make it through that show that night, or did you have to cancel? Oh, no, I made it, but it was a nightmare. Oh, I'd imagine so, especially with what you're doing i mean with abominator and now as we die you're really tearing it up out there this is some of the best stuff i think you've done and i've really enjoyed going through everything so let's talk about as we die a little bit obviously you're out on that massive tour you're going to be ending in early january now are there plans to continue it are you going to be doing a european tour at all um, we're trying to book all the festivals for the summer because mm-hmm. just playing clubs, you know, is like play to a couple hundred, we want to play to a couple hundred thousand, you know right. what I mean? So people, my biggest problem with this band is people don't know I have a band. Ah. I think about 5% of 5% of misfit bands actually know I have a band. Mm-hmm. And even the people who follow me on social media will see me with a guitar. They don't even know I ha- I'm in a band because they're retarded. <laughs> but that's, I mean... Now, I, here's a question for you. So, and I was going to bring this up later on, but so I have As We Die. I'm a big fan of the album. I know Abominator is on streaming services, but As We Die is not. Is there a reason for that? Is it something to do with making sure that you get the money for what you put in, you know, your work with the music? Because I wonder if that has something to do with people knowing and not knowing the band as much. Did you do that on purpose? No. No, it was an accident. Whoever put it on there put it as Doyle 2, and oh. it goes to a different name because okay. uh, whoever did it, a retard. And um, streaming services could eat my shit because they're ripping us all off. Right. I think right. it should be illegal, and they should all be prosecuted to fucking holy hell. Nope, I get it. So have you seen, I mean, I know you're a really smart guy. You've been doing this for a long time. Have you seen any difference in the amount of money that you've gotten for As We Die compared to, sorry, compared to the first album, just in case, like, because people can't necessarily find the second one, 
have you seen any difference with that? Like maybe you've done better by selling that yourself and not having it as readily available. I have not uh, made my money back from Abominator yet. So, oh, geez, okay. Uh, only thing I, uh, that keeps us going here is selling T-shirts, mm-hmm. touring, and uh, we have to do meet and greets because everybody's illegally stealing music or streaming it. That's why the meet and greet exists now that didn't used to exist because it didn't have to because there was hard copies and people bought them. Right. So now everybody's a fucking thief because they have an iPhone in their hand and want instant gratification and we're brought up like that and they feel like, you know, they could take it for free. Like if I walk into a motorcycle factory and took a motorcycle, that wouldn't be a crime because that's your product, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. This is our product and you're stealing it, but you want more. Gotcha. You know, and then fans, you know, oh, we made you. No, we made you because you're a fan of our art. Right. You didn't exist before we did. So, Nope. I I am totally with you. What do you think? And I, I'm sure you have a lot of opinions on this. What do you think would be the best way to get things back to the artists that deserve all, you know, money wise, anything, fame, you know, respect, whatever it is. How do you think the best Simple. way is to do that? Go ahead. It's simple. You got to police the internet. You steal one song. It's a $10,000 fine, 30 days in jail. Damn. Okay. All right. So similar. One one song. See how much a song costs to make? How much normally? A lot. Okay. I I would imagine so. It's probably like in the, like thousands of dollars probably, right? Tens of thousands of dollars to do albums, sometimes hundreds. Right, right, right. So it's very similar then. It's, It's kind of a similar way of what the FCC did where if there's something indecent on TV, if there's, you know, a curse word on radio or something, you would get, instead of the fine being something that a radio station would be able to pay very easily, then it became like $300,000 per fine. That's the kind of stringency you would like to see on the music industry. Absolutely. You know, uh, I feel entertainers as far as musicians and like actors, movies, things like that, uh, we keep the world from killing each other. Right. You know, we're, we're doing the world a service and we deserve every penny we can fucking get for it. You know, everybody thinks we're millionaires. I don't even own a car or a house, so fuck them. It's, it's insane to hear something like that. It really is. So tell me, for the VIP, what do you normally do for that? Yeah. Uh, we take pictures with you. We sign your stuff. We give you an 8x10 and a free download for our album. Oh, very cool. All right, yeah. And I think that is definitely worth it. I think that's something that people have to now, you know, originally when people were doing the VIPs, I think people were thinking that fans were being taken advantage of. But then you think about what you're talking about and how much money and effort that you put into your music and how you're barely getting anything back for that. And it makes complete sense that that's money going directly into your pocket for something that you pretty much already made. So that makes total sense to me. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's like, I do them after the show because mm-hmm. it takes me so long to get ready and I'm not getting dressed early for that. And right. um, I don't want to do it. I'm tired. Right. I don't want to do it. Yeah, you, you know, put I yourself have to do it. Yeah. Wow, that's such a, I, I actually, I really I love hearing that. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I don't want to risk getting sick by touching all these people or them being near me either because then i get everybody sick then tomorrow's show don't happen because somebody's sick right and then you're 
you're also walking around. I mean, people know you or who do know you know how you perform. You're out there with no shirt on. You're rocking out the entire time. And I would imagine that, you know, you're in Rhode Island tonight. You're in Manchester tomorrow. It hasn't been really snowing, but it's really cold outside. So that's something that you have to worry about as well. Yeah, one time I was walking out of a show in the winter, no shirt, going to the bus, profusely drenched in sweat. Mm-hmm. And some tool with his wife's like, hey, take a picture of me. I was like, nope. And I walked away and got yeah. in the bus. And then he's blown me up on social media like a goddamn troll. And I said, look, listen, you jerk off. If I get sick and get my singer sick, tomorrow's show don't happen. You know, he goes, oh, you know, I pay, I bought your album. I said, did you know how much my copy of that album cost me? Right. You know, go fuck yourself, man. Yeah. And then if I take a picture with him, 50 other people are going to walk up. Now I'm going to get sick as hell. Exactly. And you bring up a very good point again. So with social media, I've seen what you've done. I mean, you're very good at putting out photographers taking pictures and, you know, linking everything correctly and making sure that your name is out there. But... I'm wondering, do you do any real social media like back and forth with people? Because it seemed like that would be something that would be very irritating. I read every DM. Okay. Uh, if I want to answer them, I'll answer them. If I don't, I don't. Uh, that's it. Anybody says something I don't like about anybody mm-hmm. on my uh, comments, I block them. Okay. Yeah. I think I do a very similar thing, too. So, obviously, being in the industry for as long as you have been, do you think that the music industry, we know there's an issue with streaming services, we know there's an issue with downloading music illegally. Do you like the idea of where social media has come in with helping bands, though? Um, I think it helps and it hurts. I think it hurts by, uh, it helps by promoting all your shows and what you're doing and where you're going to be, but nobody reads it anyway. They still send you a DM and say, when you playing here, when you played there last night. Right. Right. You know, and then, um, I think it hurts it by everybody using their phone to show you the concert. Now nobody comes because they're going to sit in their underwear and they're fucking in their bedroom and watch a little snippet and not go to the show. That's why, you know, when we did those misfit shows and there was no phones, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Because right. if everybody took pictures, guess what? Nobody would go. Ah, I see. Yeah, and that's, I was going to ask you about that as well. Like now, these shows that are in, you know, more intimate venues that you're working with now, what do you look for in a fan base? Like, what makes you say, this was a good show because one of my issues that I've been having, and obviously I haven't performed in a band for a while, but I go to shows every week. I try and support people as much as I can. And I hate it when I see someone with their phone out. For you, when you're when you're playing, what makes a good show for you? First thing on the list is a, is a private bathroom backstage. That's okay. number one. You don't have that. I don't come back. Gotcha. That's number one. Uh, number two is a big stage. Mm-hmm. Number three is great sound. And number four is the crowd can't be lame like the USA crowds are where you do a song and they all just stand there. They don't fucking say nothing. You know, it's like they, they don't get into it. Okay. So you're looking, so if people were moshing, if people were, you know, crowd surfing, if, uh, people were crowd surfing, if they were doing all that, that would be the thing that would show you that, or is it more that you want them singing the songs back to you? I want them to get into it, make noise, because when they're dead, 
it takes all our energy out and it would just like move. It's like you just drain the battery. But if they're going crazy, we can go nuts. Ah, I see. And you're saying that in Europe, and I've been to some shows in Europe. I haven't, obviously, I haven't lived there in a while. But you're saying that those crowds are much better than the crowds in the United States? Uh, I'm going to say every crowd in every country is better. Wow. Is it now, is it because they don't get as many shows from, you know, from Doyle, from other bands that are mostly in the States? Is that why? Or is it, are they connecting in a different way? They get tons of shows. They're all music fans. People here are like, entertain me, or they're just like, I don't know if they're just in awe to look at you. I don't know what the fuck their problem is, but they are so fucking lame. Damn. All right. I have never heard that before. So I think we're going to have to get the scene moving around a little bit. That's that's pretty crazy. All right. I know I don't have a ton of time with you, so I wanted to make sure I covered a couple things uh, before we closed out. So... For As We Die, when you were putting that album together, what was your writing process like since you're, you know, you're the lead guitarist? Were you also playing bass in this one the same as you were with Abominator? Yeah, I write all the instruments, program the drums, you know, and uh, arrange all the music. I give it to Alex. Yep. And he uh, puts the vocal melody and all the words on it. And I don't touch it because I don't have to because it comes back and it's as you hear it on the record. And both records were written at the same time, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Was it, was it done for a reason that way? Or like, how did you decide on what tracks go with which album then? Uh, just, you know, put, put down uh, took Abominator and uh, Kiss Me As We Die. And then we just split it all up. Okay. So, and I got to say, one of my favorite tracks... Uh, that you've ever done, I think, is We Belong Dead. I love that track. Yeah, it's everybody so, loves that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I don't know what it is. It's so different. But did you, when you were making that, did you think that it would be the hit that it is? Or were you like, I don't know if people will connect with this the way that they do with other things? I thought about taking it off because I didn't think it was um, heavy enough. And, uh, it was a filler song while we were writing. I'm like, man, I don't got nothing. Let me just write a 50s riff and send it to him because mm-hmm. he's great at that. And then he, he did that and uh, we recorded it. So Everybody loves it, huh? Yeah. I like when it comes up because it's a total break for me. It's, you know. It's a little like, bit simpler. Breath, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's slow. It, and it's great because the album has so many, you know, really heavy tracks, some really great riffs. I mean, I was loving everything you were doing on this album. So Thank you. Yeah, it was almost like it was a break, like you said. It's kind of a break for people, but it still gets everyone into it, and then you still hammer it home for another, you know, like three or four tracks on the album, and it's great. So do you play that one live? Every night. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Doyle, let me ask you one question uh, before we finish up. So I don't know if anyone, I'm sure people have asked you this before, but everything you've done throughout your career You've always been doing instruments. Is there a reason why you never wanted to sing? People who can't sing shouldn't. (laughs) That's great, man. Well, look, Doyle, thank you so much for taking your time out. I know you've got a really busy schedule. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm a huge fan, and good luck with the rest of the tour. I hope to see you in 2019. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Thank you, man. You too. And welcome back. 
I love it when artists are open and honest. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. A big thanks to Doyle for taking time out of his very busy schedule to come on the show. Also, a big thanks goes to Tom for helping set all of this up. Much appreciated. Make sure you support Doyle in everything he does by following the links in the description of the episode, pick up the albums, get some merch, and go see him live and do the VIP. Obviously, as you heard, that is very, very crucial. Also, if you liked what you heard, you can support me, Ian Hates, by following the other links in the description. Thank you again to Doyle. This was really, really cool to be speaking with someone as talented and someone who's been in the industry as long as he has been. More shows are coming soon, so please stay tuned. 2019 is going to be very busy, and I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) 